This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. Check out and support us on Patreon for tons of content, including a bonus episode for each episode. If you'd like to reach out to us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share all sorts of nerdy stuff. You can also find us on Instagram, at Nerd Podcast Radio, and on Twitter, at Nerdcast Radio. Don't forget to review us on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you use. Reviews are important as they help our podcast grow. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. I'm your host today, Sabrina Bryant, and I am joined by Kirsten Smurferka. Hola. Toth Pawunk. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> Otherwise known as David Theobald III. Uh, I, I killed him. <laughs> Uh, people on our Patreon can see what I'm doing to Brian right now. It is well-deserved. <laughs> I'm doing this as hard as I can. <laughs> yeah. And we have a special guest today who you have just heard. Um, Danger Neff from Back to the Classics podcast is with us this morning. Um, you, This is our first time with, with us this morning. So please, um, well, morning for some. Well, no, it's morning for everyone on the podcast. Anyway. Um, the time works, Brian. Danger, please introduce yourself to. Morning, morning, morning. Morning, people. Good morning. Uh, I'm Danger Neff, back to the Classics Podcast, uh, part of Beat Network. Uh, you can catch uh, our shows on hiatus, <laughs> so you can't actually catch our show. But if you go to beatnetworkonline.com, you can catch the rest of our shows that we have going on there. Uh, talk a lot about activism, hip hop, you know, things along those lines. But I'm a big nerd. I've known David Tiabal the uh, third for a number of years now. It has and, been uh, almost double digit number of years now. Honestly. Yeah, we're we're getting, <laughs> we're getting pretty close to that now. And uh, you know, it's always great when he comes out here to Vegas. That's where we're located. Uh, here and uh yeah you invited me on to this i'm excited i'm ready to talk some nerd shit so let's do it well this today we are going to be talking about tropes in media uh movies tv books whatever um but first but first we're going to play everybody's favorite game what's nerdy with you with everybody talking about the nerdiest thing they've done in the last two weeks and then we're going to vote using the pentent mike myler widget system and as our guest in danger, uh, you get to go yes, first and share the nerdiest thing you've done in the past few weeks. That's how rules work. All right. So the nerdiest thing I've done this past week, uh, I got into a discussion with somebody about the late career of Sean Connery. Uh, and all the stuff that he decided to turn down before, you know, taking on like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, he did the Avengers, you know, and not that Avengers, the bad Avengers with Uma Thurman. But uh, so a couple of things. So first off, he turned down John Hammond for Jurassic Park. He turned, oh, oh yeah, oh no, it gets worse. He turned down The Architect and Matrix Reloaded, and he turned down Gandalf in Lord of the Rings. So we're talking like potential earnings of close oh to a billion God. and a half 
like he probably would have like earned, you know, to just kind of do whatever. Then I proceeded to do impressions the entire time as Sean Connery in each one of these roles and how it would just been iconic, just Sean Connery, like, like during all of it, you know, like, you shall not smash, you know, you yeah. know, die, you fools, you know, and just like, crap like that. I'm going to ask you to do an impression right now. Uh, can you do the filming of Sean Connery as the architect in the Matrix with his commentary on how crazy the scene is? Uh, okay. Um, I have to know the script. <laughs> because uh, it's been a long time since I well, have seen... Well, you see, Neo, vis-a-vis. <laughs> <laughs> what you don't know is that, is that this is the first interpretation of the Matrix that is as it is today. Every single time... It is destroyed and rebuilt by my own hands. What the fuck am I filming right now? (laughs) (laughs) Now you see, as I was making this scene, I didn't have any idea what the hell they wanted me to say. (laughs) (laughs) They just wrote down a whole, they just said, make up some shit. And I decided (laughs) to make up some shit. Oh, who, that is. Who that is was the actor weird. they had played the architect? Because I didn't recognize him. Shit. You're gonna make me Google something, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, they wanted Sean Connery to do it, and then they they end up getting someone no one's ever heard of. This is where Lund would come in. Helma Bacatus. Helma Bacatus. 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 And then Helma? George Carlin did it in Scary Movie Three as a parody. Of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the only memorable part of Scary Mary 3. That's yeah. not true. Scary Mary 3 is okay. Like, weird. Yeah. Helmet, Becca, uh, or. No, this uh, guy never did anything, like, ever in his life, like, whatsoever. They just, what they did was they, they did a He's a writer. Call. They were like, like, we want to find the whitest uh, guy to represent supremacy, and uh, we want to show how perfectly okay he is with, you know, just destroying uh, everybody's oh. hopes and dreams, especially people of color. And uh, if we could give him like a really colonizer kind of accent, <laughs> that's what we're really looking for here. Sean Connery, what are you doing lately? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or something like that. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of guesstimating. Right? No. I don't know for sure. I don't think these Matrix films are going to go anywhere. I'm going to stay on my island here. <laughs> you know what's the problem with this with this movie? There's there's too much representation here. You know, we all know we all know that the perfect society is no. I'm I'm going to say please don't. We are. I'm I'm part of a black network, just so you know. So. <laughs> So this is probably something that's not going to fly whatsoever. All right, um, moving on. This is my retirement that we're you? talking. <laughs> oh man! Well, right after I got my new car, I went to the DMV website and was looking on some things of what it was going to take to customize things a little bit, and I found myself uh, interested in, in personalizing my vehicle a little. And uh, you know, four and a half months later, they finally arrived. Yay! I have a personalized license plate for my car now toth pawak it says toothpick jackass <laughs> the one i really you know wanted your star wars name toth pawak oh dear god i hate you <laughs> all oh, so speaking much. of license plates brian i finally put that license plate cover oh, that cool. you gave me and i put it on the vet so now it's my tool license plate with the uh, with the uh, uh driver picks the music shotgun shuts their cake hole nice <laughs> 
See, she's got a custom plate. She gets it. I think it's a very good way to put toothpick on a license plate. Well, the way I wanted to do it was already taken, so... <laughs> but I'm going to call you Tokpawag for the next, like, ten episodes. <sighs> I hate you so much, Brian. <laughs> it's like the name of one of the orcs, uh, the Hadouk Maktai in, well, in Lord of the Rings. Toth is apparently the name of an old dragon. Tokpawag, it's a Klingon cuisine. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I am the uh, I I am apparently the uh, the Gordon Ramsay of Klingon chefs. So, <laughs> Todd Blank, <laughs> just run around putting two pieces of bagel toast to people's heads. What Erica, are you? What Erica, are you, Patak? <laughs> Erica, what's new with you? But of course, that has to be super literal. You know, I'm a person with two buns next to their heads. Good. <laughs> All right, Erica, what's nerdy with you? Uh, what's nerdy with me is uh, I, uh, how do I explain it? Uh, I applied for a position at work and uh, I had like a five minute, it's not really an interview, but like a, you know, they call it an info share uh, about the position with the hiring manager. And then he sent me uh, some raw data in an Excel and asked me to pull stuff out of it. So I used my amazing Excel skills and uh, did a bunch of calculations and put it together in a PowerPoint presentation and sent it back. Um, and that was like the like that was like the test to see if you should even interview for the job, basically. And I ended up not even having to interview for the job. He was so impressed with the work I did, I got hired. Just that was it. I didn't even You're have like, to you know your pivot tables, you know your V lookup. Like yeah. we're 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 so we're so happy with this. You're like, you know the difference between sun ifs and count ifs? Like you're hired, like immediately. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how do you do on VB uh, how do you do on uh, VBA and SQL? It's like, oh god, like you could you say you uh, I'm using acronyms. You had me up until some ifs and count ifs. I don't know some ifs and count ifs. Ah, <laughs> uh, you haven't you you haven't excelled very much, have you? <laughs> uh, so you uh, so you're just advanced excelled. Uh. <laughs> I was so yeah. proud of myself at work for doing a VLOOKUP without having to call my wife for help the other day. <laughs> yeah, so that was really exciting, especially because nice. I don't consider myself, uh, like, I consider myself, like, intermediary when it comes to Excel. Yay promotions. So I, th well, I thought, I was like, well, there's no way this is going to be as good as other people are going to submit. And But I just did my best on it, and apparently it was better than anybody else, so... There we go. Congrats on that. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. So that was my nerdy Excel thing. At Excel. Yeah. Word. Did they, did they meet your demands? Uh, we'll discuss that uh, <laughs> Monday or Tuesday. Cool. Whether or not the, I'm going to get what I want to get paid. So Don't be afraid to hold them hostage. I'm not. I'm, I negotiate for a living. I think I got this. Okay. Just saying. It's always an option. So, but uh, Ryan, what's nerdy with you? I uh, a couple of things. Um, so I just went back down to California. I unfortunately didn't have time to visit with David. That'll Wait, be you did? Time. What the hell? Yeah, I was there for a very short time. I saw Jack the people who were local. Uh, I see um, how it is. Um, but I visited with Adam Meyer. Um, of course you did, because, you know. And she got first crack at my old D&D &D books. Um, I thought you gave she... all those to... I thought... 
you gave all this to Mikey? No, I gave Mikey my Pathfinder books. I I had my old D and D books. Oh, okay. Well, technically, I had first crack at them because I did keep some. Um, so Anna took all my Dark Sun books. She was very happy to take all my Dark Sun books. Um, and a few that she didn't have in her collection. Um, I took my second edition core rules, and then a few like fan. I'm looking at them right now. That's why I'm looking away. A few fancy 3.5 books. Like I I wasn't going to keep my Book of Vile Darkness and Book of Exalted Deeds, but Anna talked me into keeping them. She was like, "You don't. You, they're hard to find." Yeah, Exalted Deeds is a good one too. Um, and then I I never like, let go of my Book of Vile Darkness. I still roll dice on it. Uh, I mean, I mean, when I was living in Long Beach at one point, we had a 3.0 uh, book of erotic fantasy floating around. So, and I hard, hardcover, the the actual version. Oh, great. with the damage, the damage rolls for smacking someone with a dildo. That's yes. my favorite thing about that book. Um, <laughs> I don't know, I, the, the the specialized monster manual was fun. I kept a couple of Green Ronin books. Um, Anna Anna loved to take my Green Ronin books because I had a bit, I had a complete 3.5 collection of Green Ronin books. Um, but I took. Um, the Book of the Righteous, because that's a really cool lore book, and um, some of the late D&D 3.5 books, like um, Heroes of Horror and um, Libris Mortis, and um, the Aberration Guide with the Anatomy. Um, I um, Mikey took a ton of, like, core rules, including <laughs> Erica's, <laughs> Erica's brother's core, um, <laughs> player's handbook. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Mikey sent it, and, and on the ins- he opened it, and inside the cover scrawled frisbee and he goes i think this is yours and i went no that's my brother's you can tell by how poor the handwriting is yeah. <laughs> also, um, also brian i have to nitpick uh how do you say it ronin yeah it's not ronin no it's ronin okay yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, I pronounced it Ronan for the longest time. Then I took a martial arts class and went, oops. Ah, I see. And I've heard people who work there pronounce it Ronin. All right, fair enough. Um, and then um, I just to follow up, um, I drove back to Oregon with my mom from California, and we listened to the last book of the Dresden Files, Battleground, and I got oh, to watch all go? her reactions. Oh, man. Um, she didn't react. I'm going to talk in non-spoiler terms. Terms, but the first death she didn't react she was surprised but she wasn't like crying or anything she was just like oh i did not expect that mm-hmm. um her big reaction was the marconi reaction at the end she was just like i really <laughs> <laughs> um all right she- um, I, I think the best, we listened to the Zoo Day short story and she made little crying sounds whenever, whenever Maggie talked, cause Maggie would say something like heartbroken, like, Aww. um, and, um, she, um, really liked the Christmas short story at the end of Battleground. She was like, that's really cool. Um, but yeah, I got to have a nerdy experience with my mom. I also had, um, lately I've been doing, so my mom in her retirement has been talking about wanting to play RPGs and, um, we we talk about monster design and she came up with this really cool idea <laughs> that I'm totally going to use. Um, I was like, wouldn't it be cool if there was a Medusa that turned people into bronze statues instead of stone statue? And a steampunk goes, Medusa? And I I said, what would what would the hair be instead of snakes? All, the, all, all, goes, all the hair is a little top hat? She goes, nooses. And she's like, and it and it has a snare attack with the nooses, and I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's 
that's very cool. Yeah, <laughs> it was a really good idea. Um, so yeah, that's me. Um, oh, I have a, I, I have a runner-up. Sorry. Okay. Um, uh, okay, Tothpaw Wonk. <sighs> Just have to accept it. Yeah, I have to accept it. accept it. David. I just have to accept it. Okay. Don't fight it. Um, I'll just <laughs> call you Dead Mal Five instead. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's funny. Um, Labor Day weekend, uh, Strategicon is coming back live and in person, finally, after 18 months. So I'm going to that. I can't wait. I wish I could go. My uncle's visiting for Labor Day weekend. Oh, too bad. So sad. Uh, we'll have fun. We'll go to train museums. It'll be awesome. Well, I mean, you could, like, come down and not tell all the people you're in town. Well, if he wa- if my uncle wasn't coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so voting. <laughs> Um, the way we do this is we each get five widgets and we decide who gets what, um, based on how nerdy their thing is, or if you like them or if you just, whatever. So danger, you have five widgets. Who do you give them to and why? Um, Brian, I'm going to give it to you. Cause, uh, you're going to give I, me I all like... five. Well, okay. If we're, okay. If we're, if we're being, hey, you can split them up however you want them. You can do whatever you want. Hell, you, you can give them to yourself. Gotcha. All right. All right, all right, all right. To. All right, here we go. No, I'm not going to give myself any. That, that's weird. Um, <laughs> it's not that it's weird. It just proves you're a terrible person. <laughs> so one to each three of you. And then, Brian, I'll give you another another one. And I'm an accountant by trade. So, Erica, I'm totally going to give you one as well. <laughs> because if you look up, it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> That it is. Erica, your turn. Or Um, David, your turn, I mean. Ha ha! Well, on that note, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm going to give uh, David three and Erica two. No, no explanation needed. Erica, your turn. Erica. All right. Uh, I'm going to give David two because I enjoy my personal place. So I understand the joy of that. And then I'm going to give Danger two. And then I'm going to give Brian one because he gave my books away. And we are being, <laughs> my brother's books We are away. being so diplomatic, I swear. And I am going to give um, all five to... No, I'm not going to do that. Because Danger, that Sean Connery thing, and, and that's going to spill over to David too. So Danger and David for the Sean Connery off are both going to get two. Let me guess. Erica's going to get one? Yeah, so we all tie. And no, no, that would no. not create a tie. And yeah, it would. I, I, yeah, yeah, it would. No, Danger has seven. No, he has seven. Uh, he jumped from three to seven suddenly. How did that happen? He had seven. Mm, okay. Okay. Okay, he, you win by you win by mathematical error. <laughs> That's how elections work, right? All right, fine. Um, at some point in the next <laughs> six to eight business weeks, uh, your widgets will suddenly appear in your room uh don't feed them after midnight don't look at them directly and do not expose them to uv radiation for the love of god do not expose them to uv radiation uh how do they feel about the abyss that uh is 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 my room oh do with it what you will oh okay great no that's great you know thank you guys appreciate it so we will be talking about movie tropes and film tropes, uh, uh, film tropes, book tropes, blah, 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 tropes, tropes, tropes. Not even, not, not even going to attempt a segue this time, huh, Brian? Um, <laughs> segways are weird. We're going to talk about tropes. Segways are weird. We're going to talk about tropes. All right, movie tropes. Um, uh, I, I, my question for, since I am not actually having an introduction for this topic, I'm just going to ask Danger, oh what God. is a trope? 
All right. What is a movie trope? So a movie trope is is basically just classical story design um, that no, uh, that that happens within within filmmaking. So it could be something along the lines of you know the the hero has to find there's always one missing piece so they call that uh, and they go uh, throughout the entire story there's the search for the holy grail right um we usually call that macguffin um you know uh tropes could be something that's completely made by design sometimes tropes are something that is featured frequently uh is featured frequently throughout the entire industry um where it can kind of feel a little bit stale sometimes but uh you usually always kind of want to go back to your tropes in some way shape or form until a new trend is basically out there so if you think of movies right now like the big trope right now um especially in like sci-fi and fantasy is multiverse 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 right right and 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 i think it's bullshit personally but because it's just basically saying saying oh now we could just kind of say whatever with these stories and we could just kind of say oh no multiverse you know it's 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 the a wizard did it Um, yeah it's uh, a wizard did it because we did it it. we did it before marvel did it yeah (laughs) i mean yeah technically yeah and it's just like it's like a multiverse idea is is fun, sure, um, because it it allows you it allows you the chance to see some of your favorite characters all over again. Sometimes in different lights. Like I would love to see them do Captain America as the Hydra agent. You know, well, even though they, even though even though the story itself wasn't that great, it still was a big enough shock factor that was like, ah, oh, like that's where we're going with this now. And it's like, okay, let's see what happens. Um, you know, uh, movie tropes just has its own its own little genre thing. Same I need thing. To with stop the- you real quick, Danger. You're saying Secret Empire was not a good story. Uh, I think the execution towards the end of it was just kind of okay. Yeah, did they? You know, it had that. Let's put something in the story so we can finish it. Make make sure it never happened, and the good Captain America comes back. I do. Yeah, I I do understand that. But um, Vanishing Point was a cool way to bring Captain America back. Sure. Yeah, it, it started off really good. You know, it was interesting enough to for you to want to see how the story kind of played itself out. But you still have to land. Ooh, sorry, you still have to land. You have to land the landing. Like you have to stick it. You know, if you don't stick it, then it's just kind of like ah. So that's where that went. It's, you know, it's, it's, like, it's the following couple of weeks of the Olympics has taught us anything. You have to stick the landing. <laughs> right. Okay. If Game of Thrones taught us anything, that they made six <laughs> yes. excellent seasons, yes. and then the final two seasons went to shit. Like at the end of it, nobody talks about Game of Thrones anymore. Nobody <laughs> talks about it. And it's like that's awful because the six prior seasons to that were so oh, was, frigging good. It was such a good show. And then, and then the yeah, season seven, season eight. You know, the cracks. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I don't even, I'm like, I used to love Game of Thrones and talk to anybody about it. And now somebody says something about it. I'm like, yeah, let's move uh, on. I can't. I have like trauma <laughs> yeah. from yeah, how like the poorly four, yeah. they handled that. Like I used to, well, while it was progressing, I, you know, before the next season, I would watch the seasons again. Right. Mm-hmm. And oh, now yeah, me I'm too. like, I have no desire to rewatch any of it because it's just going to end stupid. We it, waited it over a year for a season at one point. We did. Mm-hmm. And we were we were hyped. We were oh, hyped. man. <laughs> Can you imagine if that was 2020? If that was the year of waiting that like you're like, oh God, oh, I have to oh, wait oh. now for this in the middle of a virus where my family members are dying and then you give us that? Like uh, thanks, Earth. Thank you for showing that that you know we're one of your loved children. Right. <laughs> 
But what are some and, of your guys' favorite movie tropes? Erica. Uh, favorite? Hmm. Yeah. Stuff that you always like to see in a movie. Uh, I always like to see the plot subverted. Like you think, like, like talking about like the archetypes of stories, right? Like you think you're on like, you're watching a movie and you think you're on like a quest, right? And then it gets subverted to like, it's more of like a rebirth, you know, archetype. Those are the ones that I appreciate the most. Like, um, like one that I can think of right now. I can't think of the movie, but I can see the images which sucks the one with the aliens are like shadows somebody help me out aliens or shadows aliens or shadows who was in it i mean there's a doctor who episode about that no 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 i just think of the ghost from ghost vague description no it's the lady now i'm gonna have to look new topic for an episode erica describes movies Badly describing movies with Eric. We actually used to play that as a game for a little while. Yeah, we did. Hold on. Aliens mm. or Shadows. I, God, I, I feel like I would win something if I get it right. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently my Google wicked. can't even help me yet. Uh, hold on. It, it was just a couple years ago. Was it, it was like she was Maybe that's it, where she's trying to communicate with them. Yeah. Arrival. Uh, I haven't seen it, and I got it right. Shadows. Wow. Yes, that was Sha- it. Thank you. Shadow that. aliens. Yeah. They're behind well, a glass, and they're trying to communicate. Exactly. That's why okay, I said yeah. shadows. Right, that right. is the only way I could explain it. She's trying to communicate with them. But what I like about that is you you think that the movie is her trying to communicate with these aliens to figure out why they're here and start like some sort of dialogue, and it turns into something completely different. It turns into a story of rebirth. So right. they do in that one they do a lot of fake outs um and it works it works it works really really well with that and sometimes i'm usually not a fan of fake outs i don't like i don't i don't like a movie i don't like a movie or even a tv show that'll go and promise you one thing or it seems like they're promising you something mm-hmm. and then they fake you out towards the end looking at you wandavision um like <laughs> i do I don't, I don't like that because I feel like you invest enough time, especially in like a TV show where it's like, oh my God, it's finally happening, right? Like, oh, this this isn't bad. This isn't bad. And then uh, they're just like, no, it's just some dude. He's like some dude who just got superpowers. And it's like, okay, I hate you. Like, like outs are worse now with Reddit culture where everyone's trying to guess. And if, oh man. if a theory is prominent enough, if the show doesn't deliver on that theory, everybody's disappointed. Um, WandaVision is an example of that because Mephisto was the big theory and so many people were disappointed and I'm like this show didn't even give any clues that it might have been that I, I mean, mean Mephisto there was, was one talk but I mean I think they made that show for people who didn't read the comics <laughs> sure Mephisto was definitely one but there were a couple others that that the, the two big ones for me was obviously the Quicksilver idea right which was kind of a cool way to kind of introduce a multiverse idea where it's like oh no we just literally pull these guys from the other universe and it's like all right like that kind of works you know it's the trope it's the trope that's being hit and then the other one was you know she kept referring to this this engineer and i'm like i'm like okay well in the comics she's kind of good friends with reed and she's kind of good friends with with you know victor von doom like 
this would have been perfect if you just introduced them as the characters and not as the superheroes and then kind of go from there you could have built a lore from there but no 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 it was just some random chick you know who i can't even tell i can't even tell you the actress's name i can't even tell you the the i can't even tell you the character's name yet they re they referenced her twice in two separate episodes why 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 would you do this this is awful. This is this is painful. That's a, I, I can't I can't even watch Loki because of it. Like like afterwards, I was like I was like you know what? Like you win. You, you tapped me out. You know I submitted. Like like I don't even yeah, care yeah. anymore. Alligator Loki does not approve. David, yeah. what about you? Favorite tropes? Oh geez, there are a bunch of them. There's the uh, there's the, uh, the the chosen one trope. There's the uh, the uh, uh, leads home trying to follow a dream. There's the See, uh, I hate I hate the chosen one trope. Really. It's been around for so long, and it yeah, creeps I've... into so many things. If I it's know. done right, I mean, Luke Skywalker was pretty good chosen one trope. Yeah. That's the thing is, it, it morphed from something into a chosen one trope. She didn't know he was the chosen one for, for a little while. Well, yeah, that's the point, right? You, if it's done correctly, the, the chosen one doesn't know they're a chosen one. Yeah. Diving into novels, um, the Belgariad did a pretty good job. I didn't see it coming for a while. Yeah, I'm but not familiar with that. Novel. David Eddings, Bulgariad. No, I, oh, I, I haven't. I haven't read it either. Oh, how to read? Oh, that's a good series. I, I barely know how to read. I, I watch movies. I don't that. know how that's to read. Like, that was like my first fantasy series that I ever read. Um, mm. Favorites for me. I don't really have favorites. Um, yes, you do. You just don't know what they are. Well, head. I, I, <laughs> when, when you ask, it's like the, the only ones that pop into the head are the ones that start to get old, like the blue light going into the sky. Um, I guess I kind of think it's neat when I keep seeing it, though, where movies have the big blue light shooting up into the sky, um, like Avengers, um, Iron Man, um, what was that alien movie? I'm doing it now. Another movie with aliens. The aliens that the guy gets infected by the aliens and he becomes an alien at the end. Oh, oh um, Arrival? Uh, no, no, no. District 9. <laughs> District 9. No, not District 9. The other one where he becomes an alien at the end. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> The Titan? I can't think of the name of it. It had the dude from um that one show. <laughs> yeah, that one. I know it. <laughs> it, those, it was that, this... no, no, those of you playing the Nerd Podcast Radio drinking game, don't right now because <laughs> you're probably going to die. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't like the trope where aliens invade the planet to take its resources. So every alien water. movie ever, okay. Especially water, because it's like, there's a lot of water in the universe, mm -hmm. and so, why so you would really... you invade our planet for water when there's like, an I, what did they theorize, that there's probably an entire planet made out of water somewhere? No, yeah. There's a, there's a moon not too far away that's made out of water. Yeah. When you say not too far away, I'm going to be like, all right, let's get in your El Camino and let's go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey man, the front is like a car, the back is like a truck. The uh, front is where you drive. I, uh, okay, tropes I like. Um, horror movies. I like the trope where the bad guy dies and someone approaches the body. I think it's hilarious. I'm like, he's going to jump up every time. Shy I think, a good one. And I love that they keep using it. Um, I don't know who first did it. Probably Halloween. Uh, either Halloween or Friday the 13th, actually. The first Friday the 13th, uh, uh, you know, he, he, she thinks everything is all safe and then gets pulled under from actual Jason, you know, after the whole time of finance for he's his mother. But it was uh, a dream. The first, the first Halloween, I think you're right, though. Like, yeah, Halloween came before Friday the 13th. It did, yeah, 1979. Um, or 78. And uh, yeah, I think the first one he 
did. I like I like Halloween because at one point he literally just puts on a sheet and kills somebody. It's like <laughs> it was like I'm sick and fucking tired of wearing this goddamn mask. Like like it it, it was it was the uh, it was the uh, you know the pandemic uh, version of him where he's just like I'm, I'm going to use a face shield instead. And sometimes you still can't see face. my face and then just start stabbing away. Sometimes you, know? you got to take the mask off, let the face breathe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, Brian, I hate that trope. I hate that they walk up to the bad guy when he's dead or whatever because I'm like I would never do that. I would just like empty another clip from a really safe distance just to make super fucking sure and then walk away like that would be it (laughs) a similar trope that i don't like is when the one of the protagonists attacks the bad guy or it this is especially true in slashers there's a scene in halloween h2o where someone hits um hits um michael myers in the head with a um, fire extinguisher and i was screaming at the screen when they dropped the fire extinguisher and kept running and i'm like just keep smashing his head in with it what are you doing in the head Come on. The 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 getting getting the bad guy with something that stopped him and then running away bothers the hell out of me. It's like you managed to you managed to hit him in the head with a bottle and the bottle didn't break. Keep hitting him in the head with the bottle. And then when it breaks, stab him with it. <laughs> so I really like this because it gives me a little bit of insight into you, Brian, in terms of how you would deal with a home invasion. Um I, <laughs> like if I like like I'm I'm just imagining that you're that you're uh the guy from uh shoot him up where you're just killing people with carrots like <laughs> I, like I, all I, like I over the movie. i sharpen my carrots a certain way to make sure they enter the body perfectly i love that movie that's one of my <laughs> faves that's just a adrenaline rush from beginning to end i watched the behind the scenes on that movie i love that movie so much um the baby is a puppet the baby is an animatronic puppet it, it is so awesome hmm um the um that's one of my favorite um oh my brain is going blank have you seen john dies at the end danger uh yes briefly once while drinking the the the, the journalist I like how you qualify that he's talking that. to throughout that movie i can't think of the actor's name he oh. was in he was in sideways he was in paul giamatti paul giamatti yeah Thank giamatti you. yeah um he plays the bad guy and shoot him up and he does a fantastic job he does he that was like during Paul Giamatti's like resurrection, and it then was. and then he became the Rhino. His his, <laughs> his resurgence. <laughs> he became the Russian Rhino, to be very specific. Has uh, anyone here um seen John dies at the end? Uh, no, I've heard of it though. That is a movie that does not repeat a lot of tropes, and the ones that it does, it's doing it for commentary. Um, yeah, it's kind of one of those movies that it, it's, it's, uh, like if you were to describe the movie, it's a dark fantasy, science fiction, comedy, horror film, like all at once. Like it's all of these like certain categories that they, that they all try to hit. It has a little bit of satire. Yeah. A little, a little bit, bit of satire's satire. in it. Um, everybody's like a slacker in this movie for the most part. Uh, no, nah, it, it was, it, stoner, it's fine. Stoner is another it, it's, way Oh, it's it, yeah. super, it's a super stoner film. No doubt yeah, about it. Um, John dies at the end is, um, psychedelic is another way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is fantastic. It, it, I had never laughed as much as a horror movie since I saw Evil Dead 2. It, it you know, really falls into giggles. that Evil Dead 2... Um, Evil Dead 2 wasn't American... a comedy, though. What the fuck? Evil Dead 2 is hilarious. I When when he has that slapstick fight with his hand, it's like Buster Keaton. 
Yeah, that, that that's pretty good. Have you guys seen that scene backwards? <laughs> have you guys have seen uh, Old, the new M. Night Shyamalan? Uh, no. That's next on my list. No. Has anybody else seen Old? No? Okay. Old, uh, in a word, should have, should have been uh, used as a comedy instead of a word. It's not terrible like it's actually good commentary on like i'm like you know how little time you have left on earth blah blah blah, blah, blah. but uh how's the twist uh, the twist is predictable like uh, like it like it like it like it's kind of predictable but it's not it's not even the like i'm being honest it's not the worst in night Shyamalan movie i've ever seen that would be the happening well the um, twist the twist is definitely a trope nowadays that Shyamalan made famous so um, no, definitely. And, uh, it, it just, I don't know. I, I always thought, I always thought it was kind of hilarious, but, um, the reason why I say that's more of a comedy more than anything else, uh, is they somehow, they somehow, uh, throw in a, uh, black don't crack joke as you, as you age. Like, wow. like they just, they just, they, they found that and I, I could stop laughing in the movie theater that, and they wow. gave the black guy the dumbest rapper name I've ever heard. What do you think the dumbest rapper name you ever heard MC would be rapper? Okay. Erica, what do you think? I can't even speculate. <laughs> they call this guy mid-sized sedan. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Okay. Mid, oh. I'm dead serious. Mid-sized sedan. I'm like, you should just called him like cold McDonald's French fries, you know, or <laughs> or or socket not plugged in, you know, or just something like they didn't even give him like a car. They give him a type of a car, and the amount of people said car can basically like like fill itself into you know some mid-sized mid-size sedan. sedan. Holy and God. they try to play it off seriously, like they 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 really really try to and uh yeah no that that that's when it gets me horror movies to me can be incredibly funny there are some that really really do get me though um i find most horror movies funny like horror movies for me is comedy for the most part like i really truly enjoy them some of them i'll get creeped out that's true if it's done right if they make the atmosphere creepy enough you know yes um i don't like the cheap jump scares though so that's another trope that I'm just like very, very much over. Like uh, Amelia has been starting to watch horror movies with me and she was doing the dishes and everybody went to bed and we've got like a window like going in, the, looking into our backyard and she's in there doing the dishes and I wake up in the morning and I'm like, why isn't the kitchen done? And she goes, I couldn't finish. And I said, why? She goes, I kept looking up and expecting somebody's face to be on the other side of the window and it just scared the crap out of me <laughs> and so I, I, could, I, couldn't, I couldn't do the dishes anymore I can't do the dishes at night I was like you've got to be kidding me <laughs> So that's that's one of those tropes that I I'm over like the oh you look in the mirror and they're behind you you look through the window you know they're they're standing in the doorway stuff like that like there's a way to do it to where it's creepy like I've seen it um where I can't think of any of the movies off the top of my head but I've seen it where you know they're it's a very mundane shot like they're walking through the new house or whatever right and very very like su- super subtly somebody walks in the background and there's a violin sting and uh yeah like something 
Maybe that's it. Yeah, it's just very, very, nobody's jumping out at you. You're not like looking up and all of a sudden there's a face right there and you have that jump scare. It's just very like. There, I, so jump scares when they're predictable, I hate. I, and I don't like it when the music sting is just used for the jump scare. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's really loud. It makes you jump. Um, I did appreciate the jump scares in Insidious. The very few of them that there are. Um, the one with the demon face behind the, the behind yeah. the guy's head. Oh, it gets everyone. Yeah. It just it's it's so it's it's Darth Maul like crackhead cousin standing behind this guy. And it's <laughs> like they're just having like a normal conversation. It's like can you can you relax, dude? Like like we're just we're just trying to figure out your your origins and you're over here. One of the like, one of the things that Insidious does right is it switches its genre up. It starts off as a horror movie and then becomes a fantasy movie and then goes back to horror. It gives you a little break so you're not just you don't get sick of it. You don't get tired of things popping up in front of you and creepy things happening. The whole traveling through the through the other is a nice little reprieve from being in a horror movie. And then they bring you back by scaring the crap out of you with some old lady ghost jumping in your face. I think the one the one that always gets me it's a uh, it's kind of a two, two it's like a movie with two halves to it is uh, the Japanese one Audition 1999 it's like the first half of this movie kind of seems like like it's just like this kind of romantic you know movie this guy's basically lying to these girls to try to find his next wife because his wife has died and then you kind of get like this creepy little story about this guy who was kidnapped and like his tongue was cut out and like a couple of his fingers were cut out and he meets this girl. The girl's really great. And then it cuts to like the phone ringing in her department, in her apartment. And she's just there alone, no furniture. Like the, the phone is just there. And you see this like, spoiler alert, you see this like burlap sack. It's like right next to her. And the minute that phone rings a second time, it starts moving and like crawling back and forth. You're like, whoa, what the is going on here? Like, 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 like. Is that a person? Do you have somebody in there? Is your ch children in there? Like, like, is that what is going on here? Like, that's where it gets like super effective. Like, she's like, like she's like a piano player, and she cuts right. off these men's feet with piano wire, oh, oh. and then puts them in a mm. in a sack. And there's a scene in that movie where she cuts off a guy's feet, and they show it, and it's really long and hard to watch. And ah, uh, I heard about that movie. I was watching a one of those um one of those um oh my brain is just not working today i don't think anybody's brain's working today yeah we can't remember anything well i went to i went to mount st helens and did a hike yesterday um so on friday I, the 13th yeah yeah i did wow um, it was one of those Both collections of, of movies. It was a horror movie, like, they interview different people and talk about horror movies. Like, the best, scariest horror movies, like, what... Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, and they interviewed Rob Zombie, and Rob Zombie said, the scariest horror movie in the world is Audition. Yeah, yeah. It, I think he kind of has a point there. Like, like there, there's at least an argument with it because in some ways there's a sense of reality that comes with it. There's nothing supernatural about Audition. It's, this is just some crazy chick that's just like cutting people's feet off with piano wire. And it's like, it's like, that's not even the worst like weapon she could have possibly thought of. But the fact that it, like, it took so long for her to saw it off. That's why like the, the supernatural movies will never get you. Like, like, I'm sorry, supernatural movies can only do so much unless you literally have been mm, demonically possessed which if you have good on you like like that's awesome like that's a body that the devil wants you know so that's a glow up you should be feeling for yourself i'm dead serious you know 
Um, but uh, but other than that, like like you know, that's why movies like that's why movies like Jaws is so effective. Like like the first time you ever see you know, the first time you ever see Jaws, and like when you're a kid, and he's just kind of there. The movie's been going on for an hour and a half, and you haven't seen the goddamn shark yet. You know, yeah, then well. all of a sudden this huge shark just pops up there, and his reaction is perfect. He's just like stands up, like backs up real quick. He's like, "You're gonna need a bigger boat." Yeah, it was like, well, "Oh, I mean, oh." Like, that thing is real. Mm. We're out here in its territory. Well, Spielberg did kind of accidentally himself into that. (laughs) Yeah, the fact that the shark didn't work made the movie one of the best (laughs) um, thrillers ever made uh, just because they didn't show the shark that much. And they planned on showing it a lot more. Um, It would have ruined the movie, in my opinion. My favorite scene in that movie is the the scene where... um, um, I I just can't think of name today. This is driving nuts. Um, Who is the bookie scientist guy in that movie? Uh, Hooper? Yeah, yeah, played by... Um, um... Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, Dreyfus. Yeah, Richard. Richard Dreyfus. It's Richard Dreyfus' character. Uh, I'm like saying it. I was trying to think of the name. (laughs) When he dives and sticks his hand into that wrecked ship and the body pops up, that is one of my favorite jump scares in any movie ever. That was filmed in a swimming pool in uh, one of the backyards of one of the production staff. Yeah, the footage was was, um, like documentary footage that they used for B-roll. Yeah, all the real sharks in that movie were... They, they bought that footage, which is mm. great. They didn't film it. Uh, um, it's, it's a great movie. I'm going to get us back on structure. Um, Erica, ask someone a question about tropes. Hmm. What? So we're talking about like the multiverse trope, right? That's the thing right now. Mm. What do you think the new trope should be? David. Oh, geez. I mean, well, they're really leaning hard in the multiverse trope right now. And I get why it, it gives them a way to undo stuff that is to prove to be unpopular and gives them gives them an out if uh, if if things don't go the way they think it's going to as far as public appearance is concerned. But I, I honestly don't know where that where the, the future of that is going. I mean, I mean, outside Marvel, just like no. movies in general. Like, what do you think? Like, what is it that you want to see? Well, we've there's a, a big trend, especially in action movie stuff going on right now, is the 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 strong silent type that doesn't say much, but it's just an un unequivocal badass. Uh, the John Wicks, your uh, like he says almost nothing in that entire movie. <laughs> The silent protagonist. Yeah. It reminds me of a. It reminds me of Soldier. Like I love that movie, Soldier. Oh yeah, that's Kurt Russell in it. Yeah, it sure yeah. is. He like says nothing whatsoever. Just kicks the shit out of people. I kind of like the 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 they don't say very much part. Like because to me that means you have to drive the story through showing, right? No, absolutely, and and so, especially in the John Wick case, it's done very well. Yeah, yeah. So so for me, I think um I think what makes John Wick so good isn't just that he's a super badass. I mean, that's cool, but there's lots of super badasses, right? I mean, Kill Bill, I mean, she literally killed everybody. Well, not everybody, but most everybody. So, I mean, there is something for super badass. But I think what makes John Wick so good is there there's a difference between showing something and exposition, right? So there's only so much exposition that you can have. And sometimes you have to have exposition to build a world, especially if it's a world people aren't familiar with. But I think one of the things that makes John Wick so successful is they they don't. They really don't have any sort of exposition. They yeah. don't explain the way, um, you know, the assassins 
guild works. They don't explain the gold coins. They don't explain. You just you just have to take it and run with it. And it just it subverts what you're used to, right? You're used to people explaining, you know, mm. why we have to do this thing and who this guy is and why he's so important. And all you get is that they're really fucking scared of John Wick. He obviously did some bad things in the past. He's got a lot of money and there's some sort of process and you get to watch him work through the process. I think the same thing can be said for like Studio Ghibli movies. There's not a lot of exposition. I mean, I know they're cartoons, but there's not a lot of exposition. You literally have to take it as you're watching it. Yeah, they just throw you in the world and be like, here, figure it out. They throw you in there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think what you're talking about is show, don't tell. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Show, um, don't tell. The Mandalorian did that. Mm -hmm. The Mandalorian was great about that, where, I mean, they never have that title card that says what planet they're on. Don't need because to. you don't need to know. You'll figure it out or yeah. some. If, if it's, it's, it's really not that important, honestly. Say. It's not that right. important, honestly. <laughs> so funny enough, Marvel actually has has the hardest time when it comes to show don't tell mm-hmm. um, a lot. Okay. Uh, for example, uh, in Black Widow. Um, spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it. A lot of the stuff they kind of mention once again the prior Budapest mission, and they just kind of tell you exactly what happens in the mission. And it's like, okay, so you've literally just said, all right, well, we don't want to make this movie anymore. Like we know we referenced it, you know, thirteen some odd years ago, you know, but we we, we don't we're not really interested in making this movie yet, ever. Um, we're just going to kind of do this, and then that's that. Which hurts itself a lot it, it, it marvel likes to shoot itself in the foot a lot by not giving these like little separate side stories that they could that it could have obviously done um funny that you mentioned uh john wick because the the series the continental um is actually going to be coming out and apparently that's going to explain a little bit more of the lore I can't um, or, yeah i i I'm, I'm actually pretty pumped about it myself because i just think it's super cool like there's like, this such a cool one hotel where all these assassins get to stay at like it's a it's a hotel assassin airbnb you know and it's like no you can't kill anybody you can't do that everything's run off favors and markers i love it right i also like the fact that a gold coin has basically the same currency to like everybody it's like what do you need yeah i need a nuclear bomb what one gold coin piece from from my understanding is the gold coins represent favors of here you've done me a favor here you go right and I, I need somebody to watch my dog. One gold coin, please. And it's like, it's like, okay, like I don't, I don't understand. Like this currency exchange thing isn't isn't exactly working for me. So I need a little bit more. Uh, we were talking about uh, uh, tropes real quick that we'd like to see, um, or at least, or at least instead of the multiverse idea, where where do I think movies should go? Um, personally, I say double down on the Lovecraft stuff. Like, like there's not enough material out there yet to really like satisfy that itch. Like. Okay, we got color out of space, right? And I liked it. I know some people are like, uh, this could have been a little bit better. And I also agree. But we at least got something like 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 a taste on the tongue almost. Um personally, I, I would love to see a, a true Call of Cthulhu straight up with straight up with trying to figure out like the mythos of it and what these and, and, and how deranged these cultists are, which I know can kind of fall into some movie tropes, but but give me the cultists, give me and give me everything. Explain that Cthulhu is a priest and he actually he actually does pray 
pray to somebody like like he does worship somebody else and then kind of say oh okay well what's that is the oxagoth is azatoth is it you know and, and then and then just like really get weird with i would love to see a movie based upon the yellow sign you know <laughs> or the dunwich horrors you know and just really get into the weird the weird uh, the weird you know idea of what like cthulhu was to like the mythos of of you know and how important that was to the rest of society you know most of our comic books that we loved from way back when batman comic books uh are kind of surrounded a little bit in in mythos from arkham asylum obviously um and you know just 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 stuff along uh, along those lines like get weird with it and get and get even more incredulous with it same thing with marvel get weird like stop giving me action movies i want the weird stuff i want See, the problem is is they're afraid of doing the weird stuff because they think the weird stuff won't make money yeah and but then they have to look at like something like the lighthouse you know which did a pretty decent good amount a uh, good amount of money for the production value that it got it doesn't have to be a big budget thing it just has to be the stories are well written by itself you just have to figure out a decent enough script from there. I like um, Lovecraft without calling it Lovecraft. Um, sure. Stranger Things. Yeah. Stranger Things. Absolutely Lovecraft without calling it Lovecraft. 100%. Um, um, Stephen King's The Mist. Where, the I mean, most messed up ending ever. <laughs> the I'm okay with a messed up ending. I thought that was a, a nice emotional ending. I I mean I was very very satisfied with that ending to that movie. Um, I like the pull the rug out from under you ending. I mean it's a trope, but yeah. it's a good trope when it's done. It's right. not used all the as often as some of the others. I hate the aliens did it trope. Yeah. Um. But the 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 worst example of that I can think of is the movie Knowing, um, the Nicolas Cage movie, where yeah. uh, another uh, example of aliens did it is forgotten. Mm. Yeah. No, I don't like amnesia movies. I think amnesia movies are 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 weird. Even Memento, like Memento's fun, but by the because end, it was, of it, was, only because it was shot backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Memento's the movie fun. Make much of, sense if you watched in the right order no. yeah no like exactly like because it's shot backwards so memento's fun but even like halfway through the movie i was like okay i'm getting really sick of this movie like get to the yeah. point like where are we going out with this yeah that was not <laughs> an enjoyable watch but it is it is definitely one to watch right but you bring up a good point with knowing knowing's one of those movies that that there was a decent enough idea kind of kicking itself around and then it just god they, they didn't know how to end it they didn't. They wrote they, they, a bad ending. They didn't know what to do with it, no whatsoever. Well, that um, reminds me a little of like Cowboys and Cowboys and Aliens, which was god awful considering the I, cast it had. I, I kind of love Cowboys and Aliens. Cowboys oh, that movie was aliens. so it's terrible. Oh. It, it is. It oh. is. Uh, no, it's terrible. No doubt about it. It is a terrible movie. I, I just, I couldn't turn my brain off enough to enjoy it. I just, I couldn't. It, it sucked. I hated it. I saw that bitch in theaters, and I hated it. <laughs> What's um? Oh, okay. I'm I just ask. want to know what your expectations for a movie of cowboys. I didn't think it was going to be that. <laughs> I wanted the cowboy to take his lasso and rope down the alien starship down all the way until he I crashed it down. That would have been, been okay if he had like attached the rope to his horse and his horse pulled that bitch out of the sky. I, I wanted this thing to be as fast and the furious, unbelievable, as fast as the furious, unbelievable as I could possibly. Apparently the next one, they're going to space. They are finally jumping the shark. And by shark, I mean planet. <laughs> they already did. They went to space in they this last the car, one. <laughs> they did the car into space already. They did that already. Yeah, nice. they did that. So now, so now it's just the multi 
universe into dinosaurs. You know, they're going to go back in time and face off against the Jurassic Park. Yo, Brian, what? Heist. <laughs> I mean, they've already done characters with actual superpowers. Because Hobbs yeah. and Shaw had a, had a supervillain with superpowers. God, yeah, talk he about, literally talk said, about pretty tropes. much a supervillain. <laughs> you realize those movies are literally tropes the movie, right? <laughs> well, they, they, they've created their own tropes, too. Yeah. Um, and they've they've gotten to the point of where they are using they're reusing their old tropes over right. and over and over. That's again. my question. <laughs> my question is either franchises or cr- movie creators who've created their own tropes. I'll go first. Um, Quentin Tarantino is going to show some woman's feet in his movie. Oh yeah, yes. 100%. Um, and I, I will call on very danger movie creator that has created their own tropes that you see over and over again. Go. Uh, Scorsese with anything that has to deal with New York. Yeah. Uh, Tooth, what do you got? Oh, Jesus. Um... I mean, Hitchcock was also uh, in in just about every film he did in some way or another, but um, he was also well known for using blonde bombshells as sure. his as his leading ladies that he would torture the shit out of. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's really the trope right there. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it it often. I mean, it's come out now that it wasn't just in the confines of making the movie. He would often mm. continue to torture the shit out of those people. He was a terrible man. I mean, I mean, he he was up there with uh, with Kubrick as far as uh, on, on rough on his actors. <laughs> I would immediately think of John Ford. John Ford was like the only person that made uh, what's his face cry. Mm. Uh, uh, what's his name? True Grit, original actor. Oh, um, um, John Wayne. Wayne. John Wayne. Yeah, yeah. He like made him cry after doing his take like seventy four times. Mm. I don't know. Kubrick was 127 takes for uh, Duval yeah. in, uh, in, in The Shining. What yeah. movie creator do you think of when you think of someone walking in a room and a whole bunch of doves fly out? Oh, John Woo, obviously. <laughs> yeah, Woo. Very Woo-hoo. <laughs> Erica, movie creator with their own tropes? I mean, the one I think of the most is Shyamalan. Yeah. I mean, I know we already mentioned that, but whenever... you got so any- many of them. <laughs> Yeah, but when anybody ever mentions like like a movie, like you just say movie trope, the first thing I think of is that switch, right? It's Which not, he he's he done really well, but he's also done very poorly. Um, I mean, Shyamalan also likes to do um, he likes to do perspective shots where someone's upside down and they get turned around or they're in a reflection. Mm. Shyamalan um, also likes to over-explain his own movies. Yeah, he also will insert himself into them painfully at times. Yeah. Sometimes it's literally like an older person sitting at a desk explaining the movie. Yeah. Um, my yeah. favorite Shyamalan movie is Lady in the Water. I think Lady in the Water is. I a don't critique. think I've seen that one. I think Lady in the Water is Shyamalan complaining about how he's gotten pigeonholed as the twist writer mm-hmm. <laughs> because there's no hundred percent. One of the characters in that movie is a movie critic, and the movie mm-hmm. critic gets killed. Yeah, it, it viciously. It's great. Yeah, he it it every character in that movie is super symbolic of what Shyamalan went through as a writer. Symbolism. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, Paul Giamatti is in that. That's movie. yeah. I was about to say. I was like, your your love affair with Giamatti continues. Oh, Giamatti! <laughs> I love Giamatti and everything he's in. So. Oh, I, I love. I mean, hell, I, I love Giamatti. I loved him in Paycheck. And who the hell has seen Paycheck? I have. <laughs> yeah, I technically have. 
<laughs> All right, let me rephrase that. Who the hell remembers paycheck? Okay, now that's a better question. I'm gonna I'm gonna re I'm gonna ask the same question, and I'm gonna say actors with tropes. Oh man, I and mean, I'm gonna go first. Brad Pitt's always are. eating. Yeah, David Shatner doesn't know how to structure sentences properly. <laughs> Danger walking always finds a way. To steal every scene with his acting. <laughs> For example, embarrassing bears. He literally sits there throughout the entire movie, facing off against the bears. And at the end of the movie, he makes an incredulous statement as if that's the first time he's seen a bear. He's all like, this is not over. Yes. Oh, my God. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> every scene, he steals it. Oh, Erica, my God. What do you got? Uh, Bruce Willis. For me, when I think of that sort of thing, I think of Bruce Willis as it doesn't matter what movies he's in. It's always that expression he gives, just like that. Uh, that are you serious? <laughs> that really? Yeah, that are you serious? It doesn't matter what movie he's in. Like I feel like his face naturally sits in that position for all of his acting. So do do I hate Bruce Willis? No. Do I? <laughs> Do I, Bruce Willis? <laughs> do I expect that to be yeah doesn't matter what movie it is I, I expect it to have that like are you serious I'm tougher than this kind of expression um Vin Di- I, th- this isn't a trope this is just a complaint um but Vin Diesel is very bad at doing monologues and he does monologues in every movie he's in <laughs> you know uh you know you know in cryospace they're in cryosleep <laughs> I forget the whole monologue that, of that I, but... I can't quote the monologue Nobody but can Fast and the Furious one vin diesel has a monologue where he talks about how um about amateur race drivers and he goes into granny shifting and oh yeah it's right after it's it's right after the race when he's berating him yeah when when brian comes up he goes i almost had you he's like almost had me nah it's the believe it or not it's the only part of that movie that makes me groan oh i love the first one the first movie was actually fun Um, it was filmed in my old hometown well part of it Mm. it was it was it was filmed on dom nagoni (laughs) the um the truck race scene at the end of the movie was filmed on one of the parkways in our old hometown that makes sense um, and I, every time I watch it, I'm like, I know that part. I know that place. I know that place. I know that place. They loop the they loop the um, parkway a few times so you can see landmarks continuing mm. to pass. And when they hide their cars next to that water tank, um, the water tank is painted camouflage. And they did that for that movie. And it's still painted that way. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Vin Diesel is bad at monologues, and he he does one. He did one in Boiler Room. Um, he did one in. Um, he did them in all three of the uh, Richter movies. Riddick. Riddick movies. I said Richter, didn't I? I'm dumb. You did. See you at the party, Richter. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tom Cruise always run. Yeah. Uh, John Claude Van Damme's always doing splits. Cameron Diaz is always in her underwear. Um, Matthew McConaughey always shows off his abs. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Does Angelina Jolie have a have a trope? Alkovich? Yeah. Does he um, have something he always does? He's yeah, always he always overemphasizes every amazing. every word he says. You know. I think my, one of my favorite performances of his has to be Cyrus the Virus in uh, in Con Air. <laughs> there was a period of time in movies where um, Cusack, John Cusack, always stood in the rain because it worked yeah. well the first time. Yeah. Um, Ryan Gosling always has a cigarette in his mouth. Yeah. Like way too frequently. It's kind of hilarious. And then Drew Barrymore is always on the phone. Like, you really should watch her movie. She's always on the phone somewhere. 
I, I I was listening to a podcast once. It was an old cracked podcast where they were talking about Brad Pitt always eating. And if you think about it, someone at some point must have realized that he looks good when he eats. Like let and and they must. I'm guessing that he always was told to have an eating scene, and that's why in Ocean's Eleven. Well, Ocean's Eleven was the birth of that trope. Was that's where he started doing. That's where he started doing it before then. I know, but the, uh, Ocean's Eleven was the one where, was the movie where every scene he's in, he's eating. It doesn't matter what's going on in every single scene you see him in in that movie. He's got food in his hand. My or favorite mouth. scene in that movie is when he's eating the shrimp cocktail. Yeah. Seriously, every single watch the movie again. Every single scene he's in, he's eating or drinking something. He is, uh, as he likes to call himself, a natural grazer. Pat <laughs> <laughs> Pitt's just really a really handsome cow. You know, this we we just we just never realized it. It's it's more of a trope specifically to Marvel, but um um Robert Downey Jr. playing Tony Stark was eating in most scenes because he gets hungry and would hide snacks on set, and they decided to make it a thing in the movie where like when he offers to hand someone a blueberry, it was because he literally had blueberries hidden on set so he could munch, and they decided to keep it in the movie. Makes sense. I mean, if you're a billionaire, why not? <laughs> All right, um, David, your turn. Tropes. I, I one of the tropes I hate more than anything is uh, the 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 bad guy monologuing their evil plan right before they kill a guy. It's like they really, it's it's, it's, uh, it's it, it doesn't make any sense. Why? Why would you do that? It's just poor writing. Again, we're talking about exposition. <laughs> I know, but it gets about used so much. Exposition versus showing, right? So I don't know. I agree with that. I have to say that the one that I hate the most, the most out of all the tropes, uh, is the main characters slash sidekick love interest bullshit. Like you can't have a male and female character that don't end up together at the end of a fucking movie. Blade, Blade, they totally don't end up in the end of the movie. They're just yeah, like, well, Blade. I, we're moving on in life. Blade breaks a lot of. <laughs> Blade is anti a lot of tropes. I, I hate Fair Hero enough. Gets the Girl. I wrote Hero mm. Gets the Girl down as an example because I hate it. I always hated it, especially when there's no chemistry between the characters and they kiss at the end of the movie with no buildup. And it's like, where the hell did that come from? I hate Hero <laughs> Gets the Girl. Yeah, and it's not just Hero Gets the Girl, right? It, it Sometimes even with like a female like lead, you, you know, she ends up with, you know, the prince or the whoever or the whatever the fuck it, you know, like it can't, it can't just be like hey we're friends or we're not friends or we end up having to go there's this thing together and now we have some sort of relationship well if we have a relationship now it has to be romantic like there's this, this jump that's one of my favorite parts about rogue one absolute favorite parts about rogue one is you saw the relationship build between the two characters and, and then they see... all died <laughs> yeah, yes but that's not the point the point is at the very end of that where they're holding each other right because they've become really close they trust each other they don't you know they're friends and they're watching the world die they don't kiss each other because i was watching that scene build up and i was like don't fucking do it don't fucking do it don't fucking do it and then they think at that it. point you kind of have to go for it right if you're the guy you're just like you're like you're like well i just saw the laser hit the planet and I'm seeing everything blow up around me. 
fuck it. I'll go out with a kiss. Mm-hmm. And I think we should just be just friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the worst. Fred zone right at the end. Here's the thing, though, is that there, there are, you can have a really close relationship between people of the opposite sex. Mm. where you have all that intimacy without having to be romantic. Absolutely. And I think that's the thing is like writers have to jump to like, oh, you know, they, they, they clearly care about each other. They get each other. They're on the same page. They went through all these trials and tribulations. They've come out on top. So clearly they've got to fuck him. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, it, no, it doesn't have to be that way. Why does everybody make it that way? So that's I, the one I hate the most. I hate it when a movie has family that doesn't support the main character. And when the main character does the thing they do, the family goes, oh, they're good at it. I support them now with no yeah. real, like, that's not re- realistic. No. Mom is still going to hate you. <laughs> Your dad is still going to hate you. It doesn't matter that you're a good dancer still a piece of shit jerry all right still a piece of, <laughs> always be a piece of shit jerry uh a couple of things i wanted i wanted to hit on because i wanted to have this commentary uh two how you were saying how uh how uh the antagonist always uh, does like a monologue oh, yeah. you know and now they make fun of it obviously mm-hmm. um I don't know if you recall, but way back in the day, like maybe 15, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. there used to be this thing that was called If I Were the Evil Overlord. Have you ever sounds, heard of this? Sounds familiar. If I Were the Evil Overlord, uh, it was this whole huge thing where it's like a hundred, it's a list, like a hundred things I would do if I was ever the evil overlord. Oh, yeah. It was one of those. Yeah. It was one of those inter- <laughs> internet lists. Yeah. And like the minute that you said that, I immediately thought uh, of that. And it's like, there's a couple of things um the, the, like the one that always stands out to me is like when i've captured my adversary and he says look before you kill me wait at least tell me what this is all about i'll say no and then shoot him <laughs> no on second thought i'll shoot him and then say no <laughs> oh yeah also erica on your whole thing with with the uh, intimacy in there it kind of do you have you ever seen the movie dogma okay but yeah i've fucking seen dogma it's a fabulous movie okay the guy in rogue one should have totally been jay from jay inside of bob like the minute he sees a laser he goes behind a car and starts trying to pull down his pants yes in today's society that does not work totally get it but if i just saw a laser beam exploded you know and i thought there was a smidget of a chance you know there's probably going to be there's probably it's going to have to come into my head like it's going to have to say you know what we'll cut to see there you go yes the buddy christ the buddy christ <laughs> um uh yeah no you, it's got to be and i'm not talking about this like in a sexual harassment way or anything but if you just saw a laser like blow up our head you you want to go out with a friend zone embrace after all that chemistry you built up throughout the movie? That's a cringy point of view, Danger. <laughs> it is a cringy yeah. point of view. <laughs> like a friend zone. Okay, and that's fine. Right if you want to go out with a friend zone hug, yes. then I want, then I want yes. the friend zone. Then you know what? I don't even want the hug. I want the friend zone <laughs> high five. Like, good job. Mission was successful. <laughs> like, like, and then we die. The mission accomplished banner unfurled right. behind you. <laughs> right. somebody, yes. somebody, somebody pull off a, a, a pop-off, you know, like, you know, little sprinkles, and then we all just die. I think my point to that trope, because clearly it's been missed. 
because if their world was ending, yeah, if I, you know, if my kids were nearby, I'd be like, I want to no, hold no. my kids. Okay, and that's, and that's nearby, fair. All right, all right. I'd probably fuck my husband. Yes, that is true. All those things are true. But my point about it is, is it's, it's more like a society commentary, right? Mm, right. Because we're always saying that that is the expectation between women and men, that if you are to be intimate with somebody and you can be raw and vulnerable and all of those things, then clearly there also has to be a romantic part. And I think the reason that it gets to me the most is most of my friends are guys. And I have very close, very open, emotional conversations with them, both sides. And I've never had a sexual thought about them. And they've never had a sexual thought about me. It's one of those things where it's like, it's clearly possible. But if we keep feeding everybody this idea that if you are to be open and vulnerable with somebody, that's only when you're going to be in some sort of romantic relationship with them. You're setting up these really negative stereotypes stereotypes that our kids have to grow up with. And that's why I hate that trope the most. No, and you're and you're obviously hating on a good point. And and <laughs> to reiterate real quick, my whole thing that I was saying is that is, is you gave a condition there. You said Rogue One, right? Okay, the planet is dying. Like at that point, it reminds me of the movie Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Everybody knew the planet was dying in three weeks. So all rules of society went out the window. And it's hilarious, but it's also absolutely true. A lot of it is, is, is a bunch of societal con- constructs that are there, that are put into place that, you know, things basically kind of, <clears throat> things kind of happen in, in doing so. I mean, if you, if we really wanted to talk about, uh, talk about that, I don't think there was ever any statues or skeletons of the people of Herculanean and Pompeii when Vesuvius exploded and wiped out all the motherfuckers like of them trying to have sex. So obviously it's a societal construct and everybody knows that should be a societal construct. But that's kind of also the problem with our society is that we we embrace certain things that, you know, kind of make sense. And movies do, movies like like promote that mostly throughout, uh, throughout whatever they're doing. But no, you hit on excellent points. For the record, I am not that kind of a creep. Right? <laughs> like I want to make sure that I say that out loud. It was cringy what I said. Uh, it was more for the joke more than anything else. So please keep that in mind. You're, please watch the show. Please watch your show. You're good. <laughs> so nice, nice gonna, save. Nice save. We, we are going to wrap up so we have a little time for bonus content for the patrons. Um, no, no tales from the extra dimensional portal today. Um, but I do want to um, thank Danger for being here. We had a nice conversation talking about tropes, talking about repeated themes. We're going to continue to talk talk about the bonus episode if you're not a patron right now you can be a patron at patreon.com slash radio i'm going to give danger an opportunity to promote anything he wants to promote right now and if you don't have <laughs> like, like when you put it that way i'm like i'm like oh well what else can i promote out there i uh, uh no uh please support uh, our show uh back to the classics podcast uh and more importantly our network beat network online.com uh you can find me if you really feel like connecting with me at david Dejanef on facebook and instagram uh those are two separate personalities i need to warn you right now one of them is super promoting the other guy is not that guy <laughs> like he's really not that guy uh, so i need to make sure that i kind of uh, 
say that to you. Um, uh, make sure you go out and uh, go out and support your 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 local activists out there. Uh, out here, the AAPI has uh, released a, a pretty significant statement on some of the things that our own uh, little governors are kind of uh, kind of done on Asian American hate. So please make sure that uh, you go against all that. You can check them out on their Facebook page, the Asian American Pacific Islander Organization (AAPI). Um, yeah, that's what you get from me. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Appreciate it. Cool. I have been Super Vegan Brian. I'm joined by Chris Smarfoka. Hi. Toth Pukapak. I fucking hate you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Danger Neff from Back to Classics Podcast. Yay! I'm so happy. This was like the first podcast I've done in the week, so I'm like cool. super unprepared. <laughs> and this has been Nerd Podcast Radio. Stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. Stay awesome. Radio.